0: Welcome to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. to the Cantina Chatter podcast. My name is Victoria, and I will be your host on this galactic adventure through Star Wars, toys and collectibles, pop culture, and randomness from the 80s and 90s. So, Dave, guess what? What's up? Ahsoka
1: lives. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> we knew this was coming. We knew yeah. this was coming. And, uh, well, pretty epic, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we heard rumors, um, and we weren't sure if they were true or not. They hadn't been confirmed. But um, I want to say it just it felt natural to me. Um, it didn't seem weird seeing an, an animated character that you're so used to in live action. It just felt natural.
0: It's so unique. Uh, you know, we were watching uh, a couple episodes back um, Bogatan said uh, to Mando you know go find Ahsoka Tano my husband was like you know he doesn't follow I've, I've said this before he doesn't follow mm-hmm. Star Wars too much he's like what's an Ahsoka Tano <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just kind of had to explain a little bit but you know like yeah, it's a really special thing I was telling him you know uh this character has existed in, in animated form for the last 12 years mm-hmm. and uh now she's made her way over to live action so that's just a really special thing and I think that speaks a lot about not only how many, how much fans love the character, but you know, th- it it just reflects Dave Filoni's involvement in this this series.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess like to the casual fan, it sounds like that could be some sort of weapon or something, right, um, Ahsoka <laughs> Tano. But yeah, I mean, it, it's great. It, it, like we say every time we talk about this, um, this is something for the for the hardcore fan that that's reading the books and watching the cartoons. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely is in a way. I watch with my wife too, and she's not um, in it as much as we are and stuff. But it's easy enough for them to follow, and she's picking it up.
0: Yeah, and it, and it's such a natural fit too because it's like. Bogaton or, you know, any of the Darksaber, like these are things that yeah, they are there. Uh they are very rewarding for longtime Star Wars viewers uh, to appreciate. You know, they're those little things that, you know, they'll recognize. But if you're just somebody watching Mando for the first time, doesn't know about those things, I mean they, they fit very naturally. So mm-hmm. it 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 works either way.
1: Yeah, and you know, if you're watching it by yourself and you have no idea about Star Wars, you see like a, a Dark Saber at the end of last season. And, I mean, you know, it's something that's important and it does it gets name dropped here in the um, what is it, the third episode of this season. Um, you can kind of go back and put mm-hmm. it together. So, I mean, all the pieces are there. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with some of the uh, things that I'm hearing where people say um, it's getting a little um, too fan servicey and you really got to know a lot of the books and a lot of the, the comics and television series to understand what's going on. I, I think people get it. Yeah. It's, it's easy enough to do a Google search if it's, if it's really something you need to know about at that moment.
0: Yeah, true. And I, I think it's a good if this is your first introduction to the characters or um, whatever, you know, this is this is a good way for you to explore those characters a little more in depth if you want to get to know them better and see their histories. So I think there's really no I don't see any downside to having these characters on, you know, on here because, you know, you're, you're catering to people who mm-hmm. know them and then you're giving access to people to who don't know them, uh, giving them that opportunity. So I, I just think it's great all the way around. Yeah, it's a smart
1: Business move, I think, too, uh, on Disney's part, that being that they have uh, Rebels and Clone Wars and all the films on Disney Plus. And if you want to know more about the, the character, you know, when Mandalorian ends its run this season, you're not going to cancel your subscription. Maybe you're going to stick around right. and watch all seven <laughs> seasons of the Clone Wars.
0: Exactly. And then you're going to follow up with yeah. Rebels, <laughs> and then you're going to uh, rewatch do again. And yeah, no, it's 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 all great content. I mean, this it's unreal that we live in this era where a show like this exists. There really is. Yeah. Um yeah no I I'm I was really really pleased with uh, the last the whole season really but I mean this last episode is kind of the one that you know everybody was on edge for and mm-hmm. I just think everything about it was beautifully done I mean the cinematography oh, yes. and you know just it was gorgeous like just it didn't feel like just any episode of Mando was special and it it looked the part too
1: Yeah I feel like you could frame any still shot from this episode and, and hang it in your office or something. It looked amazing. The, the lighting, the framing. Um, it was wonderful looking in it and it, the lighting had, was a lot like clone wars felt to me, especially the seventh season. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was beautiful to look at, to watch.
0: Totally. Totally. Um, totally. Yeah, it uh, and, and there were a lot of heartful moments. I would say in this episode as well. It's it's you know you're yeah you're seeing Ahsoka, but I I think that even if you took Ahsoka out of the out of the picture, I think you know you still have a, a pretty great episode in in the mm-hmm. making. I mean, just like this planet, you know, this unique thing oh, yeah. where you know just the way that you had the prisoners that were like strung up, and you know if they move they get shocked, and you know it's just. Uh, you know, it it was very classic Star Wars, but it was mm-hmm. also f- fresh. And you know, then you inject, you know, some of the uh, the lore of Star Wars into it, and you really flesh out the child's like backstory a little bit. And yeah. I mean, this was just a huge episode.
1: Um, I really liked the the feel of it. I'm not super into like samurai movies, um, but I, I could see that it had like a like a Asian flair to it. And really, those samurai movies were adapted into Western movies, which is what. Um, Mandalorian is kind of, you know, sticking its feet into yeah. being like a, a space Western. So it felt different. And um, like I said, I haven't watched a lot of those movies. Maybe the closest thing that I have seen, it it sort of felt like uh, Kill Bill volume one, mm-hmm. um, the the end fight at the end, which I know yeah, is paying oh, totally. homage to movies that, that I haven't seen. But yeah, I really liked it. And and it was slow. And I, I like that. I feel like in today's media, you can get sucked up into fast edits fast pacing almost like a music sure. video type edit and it's nice to just let it breathe and let you know let there be no dialogue let you watch um the actors acting and, and interactions with the, a puppet you know and it yeah, I mean, it just felt nice
0: totally i mean and, and they say that like 75 percent of uh, communication is nonverbal, and i appreciate it like you're saying when they give the characters moments to breathe and just kind of be expressive through their physicality and yeah. Um, they really, they really went above and beyond that with with this particular episode.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, one thing I could say, uh, it's Ahsoka stole the show in this episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it kind of was Ahsoka's episode, you know. But it does a lot, I think, for the character of Mandalorian, you know, to just almost be put back and just kind of he's coming across all these people people like he's never met before in the galaxy, you know, with uh Cobb Vanth and uh Bo Katan and now Ahsoka. Um and I think it's really putting some ideas in his head that's that's challenging, um, in his mind where he thinks he stands in the galaxy.
0: Yeah, no, that's totally true. I mean when we first get introduced to him way back in season one at the very beginning, he's a bounty hunter. I mean mm-hmm. that's all that's all he's really doing. Yeah, he's a Mando and he's part of the uh, the covert that they have there on um on uh, Navarro, but you know, it's basically, he's just a bounty hunter, and he's just trying to make money to to help you know the the other mandos and stuff. But you're right; he's he's had several adventures up to this point with the child. He's he's developed that attachment. He's gone to know these characters on both sides. You know, the Empire. Uh, you know, the those are the mm-hmm. Rebel Alliance. Yeah. Um, uh, or New Republic, rather. And then you know these other characters, the Jedi, who you know he probably would have just seen as as an enemy, like you know if you take Baby Yoda out mm-hmm. of the mix, so. Um yeah, he's really gone on on quite an adventure and I think some people you know kind of say, well, you know, he had there hasn't been any character development or growth, but yeah. I mean there really has been even if it's uh, yeah. not I agree with most. you
1: and I disagree with with that statement that I'm hearing a lot of. Um like you said, back in the first season in the first few episodes, it seems like he he thinks he has everything figured out and he kind of walks this world where he's like viewing the galaxy from taking a step back, almost like he's not a part of it, you know?
0: Uh Um,
1: and and then even episodes like the episode five, um, the gunslinger, which was probably consensus, least favorite episode for a lot of people. You know, there's things in there where he has to learn to use what he's learned to, to communicate with the uh, Tuscan Raiders, you know, and Uh kind of dive into this, this world. He's definitely, growing um you know ideas that are being put in his head by these uh weird characters that he's meeting is challenging you know you know his the view of his religion and stuff and you know even at where we end off in season one he really he's just on another quest and i'm I'm gonna go meet these sorcerers i'm gonna drop this kid off and then i'm on to the next thing And when he runs into Ahsoka, you know, it's the first time that that she kind of says that he's a father now, you know, which was what the armorer said at the end of season one. Mm -hmm. And I think he's, he's, it's, it is, he's growing, you know, and thinking about his place and who he means to other people or, you know, what he means to other people. And I, I think there is growth there.
0: That, that absolutely represents growth, you know, just pondering your picture and, Uh, pondering your place in the bigger picture of things and that's where he's at at this point and you know with with the child as well i mean that was almost like kind of like gut-wrenching like seeing him like thinking that he was going to separate from the child and give him up
1: you know i thought this episode had a lot of tension in it and i've seen it twice now and i really was not able to to feel that what you're explaining because i thought that um moff gideon was gonna you know jump out of somewhere and grab the child <laughs> at any moment, and I kind of missed that. You know, there's a touching goodbye there at the end. Um, and and it, the way the the edit is, it makes you feel like a lot of time has passed. And you know, Ahsoka actually comes to him where he had left it, that uh, he was going to bring the child back to her. And so, anyway, yeah, the tension really got me, and I didn't get that until the, the second viewing, and when I could calm mm-hmm. down, I knew nothing bad was going to happen to uh, Grogu. <laughs> which is another. <laughs> Grogu.
0: Yeah, that's something we need to talk about. Um... That that was interesting. Um, I really love that moment, though. Like Ahsoka was like speaking with him, like telepathically, Mm -hmm. like reading his, you know, just like we've seen other characters do. Um, And, you know, just kind of absorb that information through him. It was it was it was really cute to see. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, that name is is uh, is interesting. And I want to hear your thoughts about it before I give mine. Um, I'm
1: indifferent, I think. And I've I've seen people say that they love it, um, the way that it is odd, like a Yoda or a Yaddle, and then there are people that it doesn't set well with. Which I'm, are you one of those people that don't? It's weird, right? But I'm, I think I'm indifferent at the moment.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I am mostly indifferent as well. I'm kind of mm. leaning towards not liking it quite mm-hmm. as much, um, just because it is kind of. I mean, you know, Star Wars is all about weird. It's Mm -hmm. all about, you know, weird names and weird characters and, you know, all the stuff that we love about it is weird, right? Yeah. Um, So, I mean, the name is fitting in that sense, but I guess, I don't know, I I was kind of hoping for something a little more cutesy maybe or something <laughs> you know I'll I mean, tell you
1: when the, that stuff becomes real for me you know being the, the toy collectors that we are is when I see it on a packaging and th- yeah. <laughs> that was one of my first thoughts you know is when, when are we going to see a Din Djarin on a package and when are we going to see Ray Skywalker and now when yeah. are we going to see Grogu on a yeah. card somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah because they, they just announced uh-huh. uh, the vintage collection version of the child and you know are they going to change it is it too yeah. late to change it so it's you know it's they've never even said the child like in mm-hmm. in the show you know it's it's you know i mean yeah. they have referred to him as a child they have referred to him as as a baby as a youngling as a foundling but they've or never said hey like kid. the child <laughs> yeah 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 hey kid exactly which um, that's so. a little
1: weird that they've been you're assuming what it's maybe been a year now they've been on the the road and and he's never uh. thought to maybe this thing has a name just hey kid <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, no, it's it's an interesting name. I, I think we'll agree at, at, on that. It's it's interesting, and um, it's his name. I mean, it's it's going to be like anything else in time, right? It's going to be like Darth Vader, Ray Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll just kind of learn to, uh, you know. Even Obi
1: Wan was weird to me when I was a kid. Yeah. It was always <laughs> Ben Kenobi, and I'm like, that is weird, Obi Wan. You know, it's just that one name. <laughs> that w- that took a lot for me to get over.
0: <laughs> I told you know uh, this was like. Before I had, like, a toy of Obi-Wan, I, I thought it was Obi-Wan, like, the number one. hmm mm-hmm. I was like, Obi-Wan. I was like, oh, are there other ones? Obi-2, yeah. <laughs> Obi-3. <Obi-two, laughs> <Obi-three>. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, but no, just a jam-packed episode with a lot to absorb. And the duel, I thought, was really well choreographed mm-hmm. and really well done. And, you know, just the way that you know Ahsoka, like, ignites her lightsabers. I mean, it just looked like... It looked the same way she did in Rebels, which I thought was badass. It did. The,
1: and like I said about the lighting... And I think uh, white might be my new favorite lightsaber (sighs) grade color now.
0: (laughs) I'm going to agree with you. And part of that is because when I was a kid... Um, I must have been about two or three. We had like a some sort of a knockoff like lightsaber kind mm-hmm. of thing. And at the time, I didn't really know Star Wars. I was like, a little, really little. But I, I distinctly remember this light up like knockoff lightsaber mm-hmm. thing with a white blade.
1: Was it and like the um, light sword or something you would get at like a dollar store? I think oh, I had man, one it, of those.
0: It could have very well been yeah. something like that. We're talking like, you know, late 1980s. Mm-hmm. So I have, I don't know exactly what it was, but... It was white, and you, you just see like the white sabers. They were just gorgeous. I just mm-hmm. thought they just looked perfect, perfect.
1: Yeah, that, that's the. It's all light, white, and it really fills up the shot, which I think was a, yeah. a great call to put it on that planet that's very dark and foggy yeah, and stuff. Yeah, good yeah. point.
0: Yeah, and the sounds were kind of unique too from, from mm-hmm. previous sabers.
1: Yeah, and it's, I loved the the way we were introduced to her. There was a lot of speculation going on. You know, will we see her at the end of this episode? Will we see the back of her head? Will, will there be, you know, and, and no, just right away, she's fighting. She's in the middle of a battle. We see her face yeah. straight on. And I you know I, I turned and said to my wife, I'm like, well, that's how they're going to do it. She's There she is. She's right here. And it, was, it was great.
0: Yeah. She was kind of getting her Batman on with the, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, the, the stealth attacks and stuff. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really cool. I mean, she seemed very, uh, she seemed scary. You know, I've never thought of Ahsoka as scary, but like mm-hmm. in those opening moments of the show, she was kind of scary.
1: She's really different than when we were first introduced to her as the, as the little little kid who was everyone mm-hmm. thought was annoying, and you know she has, <laughs> I you know, she's completely different now. She's in charge. She's somber, serious. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, even before like this episode, I would have put her like in my top three like favorite Star Wars characters. Just like just mm-hmm. the growth that she's she's undergone in the last twelve years. Like from like you're saying, like just a little whiny you know kid, not too unlike Anakin, you know. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then everything that happened during Clone Wars with, you know, kinda getting you know, being put on trial and, you know, going losing her faith in her the family the only family she ever knew, right? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, kinda going on her own adventure and then coming back for one more final adventure with the Republic Mm -hmm. before you know, as we saw in season seven this year. And then everything in Rebels. I mean, she's just had such um such a history that's really we we've never seen any character in Star Wars you know undergo this sort of transformation, undergo these kinds of trials and uh, you know show up all these years later. So it's it's just it's amazing.
1: Yeah, she's really I think for a lot of fans she's a real champion. Um, we've seen you know other heroes have their ups and downs. Like people one of people's favorite characters is um, Anakin, but it's quite obvious the the tragedy that that happened there, the the rise and fall. Um, and even Luke you know it's controversial what happened in the last Jedi you know he things change over the decades or whatever but so far you know she's a real she's a champion of of good Um, she doesn't get bogged down in the the dogma of the Jedi she can see above it past it and she's always always seems like she has good advice and and doing the right thing so yeah Yeah. I can see why people love her and why she's so beloved and I I know I do too I, I really like her
0: yeah, I know she she is good at heart. She's pure. She's never like I mean some of the things she did in this episode I felt were a little a little uh you know, a little extreme for for from what we've seen in the past. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. time has passed since we started in Rebels. Yeah. And I mean, she's still like obviously fighting the good fight because she, you know, her her end game here is 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 noble. You know, she's trying to mm-hmm. liberate the city. She's trying to find uh Thrawn. Um so, you know, she's still on a mission to to do good, but like you're saying she You know, she has gone through a lot of things that have made her very relatable. I mean, who hasn't lost uh, faith in their family? Who hasn't lost faith in institutions Mm -hmm. that they once believed in? Who, you know, who hasn't been betrayed by like a good close friend? Um, So, I mean, it's it's just, you know, it it just makes her a really like relatable character. And I think that's that's one of the reasons that a lot of people have latched onto her.
1: Yeah, she's completely almost the opposite of, of like a Luke Skywalker who was just good to the core, you know. And and it was perceived, I feel like at the time, that, that he was never tempted by anything, that he always knew exactly what he stood for and, and what good he stood for, you know. And and Ahsoka, you know, you, you can see the doubts and stuff, and it's just like us. I mean, none of us are sure of what we're doing every single day or every decision that we make, and, and you think yeah. you're trying to do the right thing like Ahsoka is. and. Maybe you make mistakes. You know, she made a lot of mistakes in the Clone oh, yeah. Wars and persevered. So yeah, she's, she's there's a lot there to yeah, inspire you. a lot you. of growth, mm-hmm. a lot
0: of growth, and you no, know, it's it's awesome. Um, and uh, of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about um, the portrayal of of Ahsoka because you yeah. know this is this is different. This is uh, like we said, you know, I mean, obviously, it has to be different, right? We've never seen her in live action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, we have, um, someone different playing her that's never, you know, been part of that mm-hmm. role before. Yeah. I, th- I, I think she did a good job
1: Rosario Dawson. Um, maybe if Katie Sackoff hadn't been asked to come back as Bo Katan, it wouldn't even be an issue, uh-huh. but I would just like to know how that played out. How, how she got cast over, um, you know, the, the clone Wars actress. Um, but yeah, I think she did a good job and it looked like her. It did. It, it um, I enjoyed the outfit. I liked seeing the evolution of the outfit, you know, from. Yeah. the... But yeah, what what were your thoughts?
0: No, well, that 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 is that is interesting. I mean, you know, you're right. Um, like I I don't know what their reasonings are for for you know some characters like you know like you're saying Bo-Katan. but um, I don't know if it boils down to physicality, if mm-hmm. it boils down to experience or. I mean, you know, obviously these are decisions that are made, you know, behind closed doors and, you know, they never explain their, their, you know, the cast decisions and stuff. So, I mean, all we can really do is speculate, but, you know, you know, anybody that follows like Ashley Eckstein on social media knows that she wasn't, you know, happy. She seems to have kind of, you know, at least she's being supportive now, which I guess is really the only thing you can do, right, is, you know, is, you know, you still want to be, she's always been like a force of positivity in the Star Wars community and, I, think, I guess that's really the only thing you can do is is be supportive and, you know, just hope for, the, you know, wish others the best. And mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to see that. But um, it does make you wonder a little bit like, you know, why?
1: Yeah, I don't think we've seen The Last of Her. Um, there'll probably be other no. animated Ahsoka projects. She'll be back. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, like I said, you know, if they had cast uh, Bo-Katan differently, it wouldn't even be an issue. That's the only reason that we're talking about exactly. it. Exactly. And that's great. I, if you want to talk about that, I thought she did an amazing job. Um, and I like the continuity there with with the character.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be jumping around in this in this mm-hmm. conversation, so let's go <laughs> let's go to let's go to that episode because yeah. I thought that was a really excellent episode as well.
1: I think that might be my episode three, the Heiress might be my favorite one so far. You know, we just talked about the Ahsoka one, and, and I want to say that's my favorite um, because I really do fall on the the Jedi the lore side more than the war side, as some people say. But Uh there was just something about the the action. It was such a short episode, The Heiress. um, And it felt like you watched an hour and a half movie in 30 minutes. um, And just, it was great. And I just thought that Katie Sockoff did such a a good job being that character. in real. that's got to be hard doing that, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's very fitting, though, because she looks, Katie Sockoff Mm -hmm. looks just like Bo-Katan in Mm -hmm. the animation. So, I mean... You know, it it was very uh, it it just works so naturally. I mean, I, it doesn't even seem like like you don't even question. It's like yeah, the, the casting totally makes mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, but no, that that is a fantastic episode, and there were just so many great things about it. And um, the Jedi episode is is obviously you know that's that's everybody's talking about that yeah. one right now. But the Heiress was was excellent, and that one was hugely praised across the mm-hmm. board as well. Uh, this one was directed by uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who mm-hmm. did uh, the. Uh, the sanctuary episode in in season
1: one, yeah, and I think like we just said that that probably is one of the lower ones. People didn't really like that one as much, but I think she uh, she knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, the visuals were great, um, seeing the Razor Crest landing coming into the atmosphere. It was comical, <laughs> um, and yeah, and there was a lot of exposition dump in this episode, very fast in like the bar scenes. But I'm okay with that. Um, like, like I said, it's a mini movie to me and it's condensed in yeah. a lot of action movies, you know, they do the same thing and there's a montage that just drops the, the plot of the film and I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I think she did a good job of balancing, you know, all the different emotional aspects of Star Wars. You know, you have the action, you have like the, the funny humorous moments, you have, you know, some, some of the more heartful moments. Um, and I felt like this app, this episode had all of that, so uh, that was cool. And like you're saying, the visuals. Like uh, I, I keep going back to that one visual when when we see that imperial vehicle like taking off, and you're seeing it from behind. Mm-hmm. It just looks so much like when you're like on the ground at an airport and you see like an airplane like yeah. taking off. <laughs> like that yeah, was just that, really it, cool. The
1: way it it angled up, you know, just just like a a big uh, commercial jet did. It looked great. Yeah,
0: yeah it was. Um, uh, it was. It was great. And I thought the aliens were really cool too. I mean, we've seen. Um, we've seen Mon mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen, um, squid heads. What are they called? I don't know. <laughs> the Corrin, mm-hmm. the Corin. I thought those are really cool. Like the way that they're like, their, their mouths were moving like Davy mm-hmm. Jones style. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty cool.
1: I thought the acting in this episode was good too. I heard criticisms of it, but I really appreciate, um, the, like you are saying, the nonverbal communication, um, I think Katie Sackhoff did a good job, um, just, you know, head movements, facial expressions. And she really, to me, conveyed that she has been around the block. She knows what's going on. Um, you know, Din Djarin may think he's knows the way, but uh-huh. really she <laughs> she knows a lot more than she's letting on. Oh, yeah. And she really knows what's going on in the situation. I thought that came across in the acting. And, you know, I would praise the, the director or whatever, if that's who you would uh, credit with the acting in this episode, because I thought it was decent
0: totally i mean she could have really like gone all out on, on mando with her backstory yeah my mm-hmm. sister was the leader of mandalore and uh you know she was you know involved in a relationship to? with uh, one of the most famous jedi of all time <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah there's just so much yeah there's just so much there and like i said that's one of the cool things about it is if you want to explore the characters more there's a lot of content out there mm-hmm. um but no this was really this was really cool and like, like we were talking about um you know character growth this is more growth for mando i mean he's he's getting to know that there are more mandos out there that aren't like him that Mm -hmm. that have other ways of of existing and um we you know i think this kind of comes into play in the in the following episode where he's kind of like not really taking his mask off but we see him kind of just Mm -hmm. like pulling it up a little bit more than we've seen him do
1: yeah i think that's some of the growth that we were talking about um, and getting back to the, you said about the different types of Mandalorians, I, I had forgotten about that in the context of this series. I believe, you know, a year ago this time we were talking about, like, why don't Mandalorians take their masks off? We've watched Clone Wars. We've watched uh-huh. Rebels. They, they take their helmets off all the time. And okay. I kind of <laughs> forgot about it. I just accepted, you know, this is the way, this is what they do. And, and that was jarring even to me um, in the episode yeah. seeing a character we've seen a million times take off her helmet, take off her helmet yeah. in front of a Mandalorian and just seeing the shock and... And I was like, whoa,
0: I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. You know, just mm-hmm. being introduced to new Mandos that we haven't seen before as well. And the whole sequence with the uh, the Imperial, um, I forgot the name of the specific type of vehicle, but that the Imperial uh, Freighter or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, it was just, the whole, the whole thing was really well done, like just the action sequence of it all. And, you know, the Stormtroopers even seemed... I, I know that they're easy targets a lot of the time, mm-hmm. um, but some of them kind of held their own, like especially you know a little bit later in the sequence, and they were really like going all out with the gunfire.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the context of the show, uh, Mandalorian, I think we've been conditioned that um, Mando Din Djarin is the best fighter that we see on screen. Um, you know, in the first episode of this uh, second season, we see him mm-hmm. quite easily best everyone in that in that uh, boxing ring oh, or whatever yes. you want to call it. But it was funny to see him kind of left behind. He was like the fourth man behind, just kinda like, Whoa, what's what's going on? You know, he was, you know, (laughs) just kinda tagging along and they were just kicking butt and handing everyone their business, you know, and and then it was kind of jarring too, be like, oh wow, you know, seeing uh four Mandalorians take down a a whole squad of stormtroopers.
0: Yeah. And that that goes to one of the things Boca Town said was like, you know, Mandos are stronger together. Mm -hmm. And um yeah, no, that was that whole sequence is great. And um you know, I really loved seeing uh Titus Wellover, You know, he was the one Imperial captain on this vehicle, and it mm-hmm. um, was great. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. I, I really wish we got we had gotten to see more of him because he was mm-hmm. just like he played. It was a small role, but he like played it to perfection. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: you just got from him again with the acting. You could tell he was the smartest one on the ship. You know, and just
0: what? <laughs> Where did you lock them? Yes, you know? <laughs> yeah. The yeah, reaction was priceless,
1: and just you know, his voice, his delivery was was good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, that's one of the good things about this series is, you know, I, I think for the most part, like, you know, all the actors that have been incorporated have have been really solid. Um, and uh, this was this was a fun episode, too. And just like the, you know, frog lady's back. I know we talked mm-hmm. about her the last time uh, we get to meet her husband and, you know, baby Yoda is still intrigued by the eggs. And he gets uh-huh. to actually see, oh, this is what I've been eating. They actually <laughs> turn into little like living things. <laughs> Um, you know, that's what I mean about like the heartful moments. Like, you know, there's little like, you know, more cutesy aspects Mm -hmm. of it that, you know, kind of, um, you know, really ground the episode and make it so well-rounded.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I really liked this episode. Like I said, it it might be my favorite one so far. Um, and even with the, the music, um, I guess we got a, a Bo-Katan theme from Ludwig Garson there. That, that was Mm -hmm. one of my favorite parts, just the. Again, we've said it before, just how different this sounds from traditional uh, saga yeah. Star Wars and just hearing that synthesizer, that brum, 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 just, <laughs> <laughs> I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, me too. You know, in the Jedi episode too, that was, a, you know, the music was, was also like top mm-hmm. notch. And,
1: yeah, and that yeah. incorporated a lot of um, John Williams' themes and stuff, like when she spoke uh, Yoda's name and we got some of Yoda's theme in there. Mm-hmm. And, and he does a really good job just balancing, hopping back and forth. Um, I yeah. believe the next episode that we have yet to talk about uh, what stood out to me at the end when uh, Cara Dune was, was talking to um, the, um, what do you want to call him, the one pilot, um, and and it sounded more traditional Star Wars and it's just amazing the the range that the, that he has, that Ludwig has, that just, uh-huh. it can sound like traditional Star Wars and then it can go right into like an 80s yeah. synthesizer sound and it all blends and works well.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, let's talk about that episode. So this was um, what was it called? The, 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 this was called the siege. This the was, siege. That's yeah. right. The siege. Um, so this one was, it was familiar territory. I felt like for the most part, it, I don't think it really, you know, they, they, they didn't incorporate any, any, uh, clone wars or rebels characters in this one, but it was very much, um, part for the course I felt like for Amanda, but, but, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, you know, this is Carl Weathers directed this one. And, um, I just, it just felt like he had a really good sense of, of what Star Wars action looks like because it mm-hmm. felt very Star Wars to me.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think I follow him on social media and you could tell his excitement came out um, in the week mm-hmm. of its release mm-hmm. on social media. Um, it was fun to see the the fans all happy and pumped about it and him playing off of the fans and stuff. But, um, yeah, it, it was it was more, you know, traditional Star Wars. It was just a fun romp and, a, you know, shoot him up, beat him up, a woohoo, escape. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it didn't. It did have um, a lot of uh, drop into it, which added a lot to the story, to the the backstory of the the child, and and to where the whole overall arc of the series is going. And again, it was quick, but it, it made up for it a lot, and it definitely wasn't a filler episode. No, which I, I think I'm enjoying this season more because uh, it doesn't seem like the filler episodes that are f- actual filler, like like maybe the previous season was.
0: Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, and, uh, like I'm saying, familiar territory, it's back on Navarro, you know, mm-hmm. we have Kara mm-hmm. Dune, we have, uh, grief Carga and, you know, these are characters that, you know, people seem to, to really like in the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we have them back, we go on another adventure with them. Uh, who knows if they'll, they'll show up again later in the season, but, um, I really like the, the continuity there and I like how, uh, you know, we get to see what, kind of changes they've made to the uh, to the settlement there um mm-hmm. uh, because it's very different than the way we left it uh in the previous season
1: yeah i, I really like seeing the way the the culture has come back the way um cara and grief are real leaders on the planet now um and we get to see a school in star wars and we get a lot of familiar mm-hmm. uh, drops <laughs> um with stuff we know from previous star wars uh with the protocol droid teaching the class and there's lots of warmth in it there again with the the child and and there's humor yeah. and and cutesy stuff and I, I like that yeah. part a lot.
0: I guess that's what I have to look forward to one day is being replaced by a protocol droid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, that was that was fun. And then the the blue macaroons. I know it's become mm-hmm. kind of a big thing on social media. People are making their own macaroons <laughs> and buying their macaroons. So.
1: I liked how they looked like they were pre-packaged in like something in our that's universe. A, I know.
0: <laughs> I, yeah. Like a, a pack of Nabisco mm-hmm. vanilla wafers or something, mm-hmm. you know, just like in a little package of their own. It's fun. Yeah. No, the, no, it, you know, these, this season has been, has been pretty stellar. I feel like, I mean, you know, a season one I loved, um, but I'm just really loving all the world building that's been going on and, uh, and all the connections that are being made in um, in season two. I just it's oh, just yeah. it's been really solid. It's, you know, from one episode to the next. I mean, maybe maybe the second episode, with, you know, with the spiders, uh, you know, I wasn't crazy mm-hmm. about. Yeah. But um, but I mean, ugh, the first episode, uh, three, four mm-hmm. uh, and five, you know, have, have just been amazing. And I'm I'm really excited to see where where the season goes from here. because There's so many possibilities
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, the second season on a whole, I feel like the highs are higher and the lows aren't as low. And exactly. It's just it's pumped, ratched up to the next level. Um and even you know, the side missions have a lot there for people that know a lot more about Star Wars than the casual fan. Yeah. But it it continues on that that even that pace that I I feel like even the, the casual fan enjoys it a lot, too.
0: Yeah, totally. Very well said. Um, Well, Dave, do you have any um, other thoughts you'd like to share regarding these most recent episodes of the Mandalorian season two?
1: Oh no, I don't think so. I think we talked about a lot about them. I'm I'm enjoying this uh, new format where we just kind of chat about it. I don't got to write any notes or anything, and jumping around (laughs) is a lot of fun. And just I feel like (laughs) we got a good energy going. You know, just talking about what we're excited about, and there's a lot to be excited about in the second season.
0: There's a lot to be excited about. (laughs) So one thing I do want to ask you before we uh, we, we part ways here is. Uh, where do you anticipate things going in the next episode?
1: Uh, yeah, that's really great. Let's talk about that. Um, I don't know. I, I I assume there's going to be uh, more Jedi eventually, mm-hmm. um, and I think we're really heading towards even more growth with uh, Din Jar. And I feel like he's going to have to support uh, the child um, in whatever choice he makes that Ahsoka set up, and whether that's being a father or raising a Mandalorian baby. And I, I, wouldn't even be surprised. I thought maybe Ahsoka alluded to what, maybe he could be supportive in the ways of the Force as a father figure to uh-huh. the child. Um, but I anticipate seeing some sort of um, Jedi, and I'm, I'm hoping it's not Luke. Uh, I think that wouldn't go over well with hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping it's Ezra. And you know we've seen some loth cats mm-hmm. around in the series so far. Last season, uh, mm-hmm. a couple in this season. So, you know, we forgot to mention about the uh, name drop of the Thrawn at the last yeah. episode, and, you know, those two characters are linked together. So hopefully I'd like to see that because I'm rewatching Rebels again now for a uh, second time straight through, and I'm, I'm enjoying Ezra a lot more and seeing growth nice. that I missed uh, some of the first time. So if we got to see more of him or even a brand-new Jedi, which I think would p- please a lot of people, I'd be down for that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, totally. Like the Thrawn thing, like when I, when I heard that, like my jaw just like, I, I gasped. Mm-hmm. And my husband just looked at me like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I think it's going to, There, I think there's, you know, th- like kind of thinking about the side quests sort of things, if you want to call them that. Like I kind of foresee like Bo-Katan going head to head eventually with Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. And then Ahsoka, maybe in the, the next season, going head to head with Thrawn. Mm-hmm. I think we'll we'll see more of that, more of Ahsoka and more of, you know, her story in, in uh, the next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I kind of feel like Maybe the the rest of the stuff with um with with Moff Gideon and and stuff what we're gonna get fleshed out a little bit more this season. But that's just a guess. That's just my speculation. Yeah,
1: I would I would like to see. I got real excited seeing Bo Katan, and I was thinking you know maybe the Mandalorian isn't going to be Din Jaran. Maybe the Mandalorian will be the Mandalorians, um, and maybe he hooks up with Bo Katan. And I would really like to see that. Like you were saying, uh, strength and numbers. How long can we follow this lone wolf and cub around? Yeah. And I would like to see that. And like you're saying, maybe if he can back up Bo-Katan, get Moff Gideon and we go and if we have to go after Thrawn or something. But um, I also kind of think that um, we're going to see the the child maybe abducted. And I think this yeah. season we're building to a new group of heroes like we did in the last season. Um, and I think he's going to have to assemble a crew or something and go and get um, the child back. I think we might be headed yes. towards that. I'd like to see that.
0: I agree with that. I, I really, I felt like even before the season began that that had to be something that's going to come to pass. Like, you know, Mando's done a great job of protecting him, but I kind of feel like that can only that's only going to last so long, right? I mean, I just mm-hmm. kind of feel like at some point, yeah. especially now that he's being tracked, um, you know, Moff Gideon is tracking the Razor Crest. Uh, mm-hmm. There's just, it's just a matter of time before he, uh, you know, finds a way to to steal back the child, and mm-hmm. I, I I just really think that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I. Like I was saying earlier, that the knowing that he's being tracked by um, Gideon, it, it builds a lot of tension for me. Like I say, it was, it was distracting, and I don't want it to be like cartoonish. Like the bad guy never gets the good guy, and we always know that the good guys are safe. And mm-hmm. I'd like to see some like real consequences, um, even yeah. shocking consequences for for yeah. things almost along the way of like The Walking Dead, where you knew the main characters were never safe. You know, not that I say I want anybody killed off or anything, but uh-huh. I, I, I just keep that tension there so that we don't get accustomed to, oh, nope, they're going to be fine, you know.
0: Yeah, that's that's something I, I kind of feel like has to be on the horizon. I mean, so mm-hmm. far, you know, we've been really lucky with our heroes, like making it out safely mm-hmm. out, of, out of each episode. I really feel like there's, you know, there's going to be some emotional gut-wrenching punches that are going to be coming and... You know, it could be these these characters that we've known through other forms of media for a long time, or it could be some of the ones we've been introduced to over these past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. And whoever it is, it's going to be rough. Um, you know, I know we all have our personal favorites, and you know, there's people we don't want to see killed off. But uh, I think we're I think there's going to be some pretty intense punches uh, that are going to be coming for us a little bit yeah. later this season. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm excited to see where it heads to.
0: Yeah, many possibilities. Well, Dave, it's been fun as always. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be doing another one of these um, this coming month, next month, December. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that and really looking forward to the rest of Mandalorian Season 2. Uh, until then, where can our listeners go to find you online?
1: Um on Instagram Jurassic Dave 93 I'm on Twitter, the same handle, Dave 93 and I'm also on, on YouTube if you want to look me up. There's not a whole lot there, but I have a few videos. And um, you know, send me a direct message, send me a tweet, uh, whatever. I'll be f- free to happy to talk to anybody about Star Wars or anything at all. It'll be good times.
0: Very cool. Jurassic Dave 93, everybody, our contributor for TV and film here on Cantina Chatter Podcast. Dave, thanks again for joining in. All right.
1: Thank you so much, Victoria. It was always a blast.
0: That's a wrap for this episode. Victoria's Cantina began on YouTube, and you can find plenty of toy content on the Victoria's Cantina YouTube channel. We are also on Instagram showcasing toy photography at Victoria's Cantina, as well as Facebook at Victoria's Cantina and on Twitter, ranting and raving about toys and other nonsense at Vic's Cantina. For fun and random toy clips, follow us on TikTok at Victoria's Cantina. Got a question or something you'd like to share with us? Drop us a line in the fax machine. You can email victoriouscantina at yahoo.com. If you are so inclined and wish to drop a coin in the tip jar, we are on Patreon, where you can gain greater access to the channel while helping to keep the content rolling. For VC-branded merchandise such as t-shirts, ball caps, mugs, and other fun stuff, visit us on Teespring and Teepublic. Links to all of these magical places can be found in the show notes. Do you got a minute or two? If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five star rating and drop a brief review explaining why you enjoy the show. As always, I'm Victoria and no matter where you're listening out in the galaxy, I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Cantina Chatter Podcast. <laughs>